Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to this edition of Big Fish Small Pod for Thursday, June 30th, 2022. And if you are into the Small Pod, he would like to give you all the information about the Marlins for that particular day all season long in 10 minutes or less. And Marlins fans, I want to welcome you to this edition of the Small Pod. We will have our second guest ever, and I want to introduce that guest, Mr. Eli Sussman. Eli, what's up? Uh, Kevin got you beat to be the first guest, but it doesn't hurt to be second. I think I have better content to cover than he did. Good (laughs) timing on this one for me to come on. I felt like I had to come on just to discuss the big breaking news that we're weighing into, and it's unusual that we record on a sandy day and the big story is not Sandy himself. Yeah. So we can dive right into it. Yeah, uh, I, I would say there are two big news that, that kind of came out um, the other day regarding the Marlins. Um, one regarding Jazz, but we'll get to that later. But the first one I'll talk about is the Marlins parting ways with Vice President of Player Development and Scouting, Gary Denbo. Um, this is big news for the Marlins, especially with the draft coming up. Um, just Eli, what does this mean for the Marlins? And what would you just grade Gary Denville overall on his tenure with Miami? So this is not a surprise, certainly, that it happened this year. He was Derek Jeter's right-hand man. That's how everybody describes him. He was handpicked from the Yankees organization. He had been a Yankee throughout the 90s and the 2000s and up, all the way up to 2017. And they brought him over, I think, at a slight promotion from what he was with the Yankees. And he was highly regarded for turning around their farm system uh, like five years ago. They thought he would do the same with the Marlins. He was given kind of free reign to do whatever he wanted with their minor league system. He took over the worst farm system in baseball that Loria left him. And he was as much as you would think, I guess, at first that his focus is at the lowest level guys. It really was everything. It was absolutely everything. All levels of the farm system in terms of actually setting a direction for how they were going to develop players. These words on this sheet, this is what we are about. First one on the list is we respect and abide by the rules of the Miami Marlins and Major League Baseball. Next one, we respect ourselves, our teammates, our opponents, our fans, and the game. And we represent all with dignity. The most basic thing is that he just overhauled the staff that they had. They overhauled all the players that were in the farm system at the time. And I think by all accounts, he was pretty instrumental in acquiring players in the first place, not just in the drafts and internationally, but in trades. Like he was a guy that was on in those conversations of negotiating trades and getting those prospects back. Everybody from Lewis Brinson to Sandy Alcantara and everybody in between. And I think that continued for a lot of his tenure. 
until we got to the end here. So the bottom line is that this was four months in the making. That's when Derek Jeter kind of left as CEO. And it was natural that just because of what we know about him as a person, you don't forget about his talent evaluation. He was a guy that maybe he was the smartest person in the room. But when it comes to actually running a successful major league organization, that's not the only thing that matters. He rubbed off as a guy that was not always very collaborative. And this is why that regardless of how he performed and how much the farm system has improved, I don't think, I think he wore out his welcome in that they he wasn't performing well enough to staying on with the new administration here under Kim Ang. Yeah, and you know, the Marlins have really been known in the farm system to have really top-notch pitching, but when it comes to hitting-wise, developing hitters, they're the complete opposite. Uh, um, you know, Marlins usually have really great pitchers. We have Yuri, Eddie Cabrera, guys like that. And then hitting, you don't really get to any to that level. Um, what would you say that Gary Denville's influence uh, maybe to that portion where the Marlins aren't really the best hitting in the farm system, but pitching their top notch? Well, definitely the first couple of years, what stood out was the players they were targeting, the profiles they were going after in the first place of players that seemed to have a very high bust rate and just had this like very narrow path to being successful because of lack of more so he focused on athletes over skills he focused on guys that had upside to be great if they learned how to hit but guys that didn't necessarily know how to hit in the first place he's he was somebody that most of his background was in coaching hitting and i think he felt like he or the people working directly underneath him would be able to teach those type of skills that are ordinarily very difficult to do as as you alluded to just the the failure rate on a lot of these players is extremely high for the fact that if you look around the industry there was a lot of hype for the players that they acquired in trades and via draft and yet a lot of them just not developing into the players they're supposed to be i think you have to put a lot of that on denbo and to balance it out of course as you mentioned with the pitching i think the pitching has been pretty incredible on a variety of levels and externally, that has something to do with their development system as well, even if it's not Denbo's tentacles directly on that. I think the bottom line is that they were in a position where, given all the stars that they had to trade in 2017, 2018, 2019, and also how they were picking near the top of the draft and in international bonus pools for several years, this was the i think the vision was that this would become the very best farm system in baseball and that they would develop some practices to reliably pump out just great talents at all positions uh kind of as the rays do the rays are yeah. an example i think he wanted them to be a fusion of the rays and the yankees in that respect and they fell up a little bit short there's no point where this has really been the number one farm system in baseball or even all that close to it so even if I think you have to credit him for some things, I think the overall project just did not live up to expectations that needed to. Yeah, and the timing of this couldn't have been, I don't know, maybe even worse or, or weird with the draft a little over a month away, around three weeks away. What do you think the Marlins' intentions are now with the draft? Will be uh, Sherman's decisions, Kim? Um, just how do you expect this draft process to go for Miami? I think there are some people that may know a little more than me, but I, my understanding is that this doesn't affect it a whole lot, well, they are, at least for now. Um, I think we need to wait to see, for one, if any other executives follow him out the door, 
in, in the near future, considering that he was one of the higher ranking guys in the whole Marlins organization. If not, DJ Spillick for the last several years, at least since 2019, at least the last three drafts, I know for sure, he's been heading up that thing. Like he's been calling the shots at the very end when necessary, and he's still here. And um, I'm pretty impressed with him. I believe he was somebody that was brought on by Denbo directly. And I think, so maybe his future beyond this draft is uncertain. Um, it is a little bit weird timing, but really more of Denbo's um, priority would be just getting those new draft picks accustomed to pro ball and to deciding exactly where their paths go from there. I don't think he was necessarily calling the shots on a lot of those high draft picks. So in that respect, in the draft where Marlins had the number six overall pick and really need to get it right, um, I I don't think this changes it all that much. And I think as we just referenced a few minutes ago, like they probably saw this coming anyway. Uh, I'd be surprised if um, if people didn't get some sort of a heads up internally and make adjustments accordingly with the idea that this was going to be Denbo's last year. Yeah, and the other news that broke, um, both the news are being broken by Craig Mish, um, that Draft Trism Jr. is, is uh, expected to be placed on the IL with back issues. Um, so what do you think is, is happening there um, with Jazz? Looks like he might miss um, more than 10 days. We'll probably miss the All-Star game. Just how do you think the Marlins should deal with this? And, and just what are your expectations maybe for the future of the rest of the season with Jazz now having back issues? Yeah, that's scary. It's scary because you just, for the moment, they're just talking about it as spasms before he went on the IL and now just as discomfort. And hopefully it's something where if he just gets the necessary rest, he'll be able to overcome it. It's just, it's a slippery slope when there's something, if there's any sort of real injury to the back and what that could, how that could affect everything else about the body. That's when you don't want it to linger certainly beyond this season at all. And there are other players, unfortunately, where that is the case. Like Christian Yelich is the best example, I would say, around baseball of a guy that has not been the same since his back issues really intensified a few years ago. Um, in the meantime, the fact that they need to be cautious with it, that it's so obvious at this point, even though they don't admit it publicly, where this direct season is headed in, like they should not be continuing to put in these veteran stop gaps that nobody wants to see play at the major league level, uh, just to hopefully stay afloat as best they can in the playoff race. They're not close enough in the race to do that. They need to focus on everything to this point is 2023 20, and beyond. And that means calling up young guys who haven't played in the majors before, who are performing well at AAA, Hopefully, that's what we'd like to see, where John Birdie is probably the main second baseman for the near-term future, but there are other ways to shuffle around the infield, to bring up a Charles LeBlanc, uh, to bring up a Bryson Brigman on the infield side. Um, anybody, anybody that we haven't seen before that could potentially contribute at multiple positions that hopefully can hit, because all these guys that they've rotated through, whenever Jazz isn't in the lineup, whoever replaces them can't hit. It's been Eric Gonzalez, and it's been Astadio who can hit singles, but nothing Luke else. Williams was just caught up for that move. Another Luke, Luke Williams might be as bad as any of them in terms of just swinging the bat. Um, there's so much upside when you have versatile players that can actually hit a little bit, and if they can, you know, find one of those internally that hasn't gotten an opportunity yet, this would be the perfect time to do that. Yeah, and you said that perfectly. Um, I think I'm going to have to wrap it up. We could probably talk about this in, in long form for hours, uh, but small pod, keep it short. Eli, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming on and maybe for the people listening who might not know, where could they find you on Twitter? 
<laughs> you can find me not just on Twitter. You can find anywhere that you search for fish stripes. I am uh, I'm at the helm of that. Whether it's uh, you need to point people to YouTube. We're so yes, close for 1,000 subscriber goal. So be sure to check that out as well. And you just here on the podcast network as well. Anywhere you're listening to this, you'll be able to find the official show where I'll have another one of those out on Thursday as well, going more into detail about heading into the trade deadline and who I feel are the untouchables on this team right now. So be sure to check that out. And of course, listen to Daniel here a couple times a week, every single week here on the Fish Stripes podcast. And when this comes out, also make sure we will have Fish Stripes Jeopardy later in the night. So make sure to tune in. Um, but, you know, before that, make sure to go like, share, and subscribe to wherever you get the small pod. And always, go fish. Go fish.